Robert. Yo, it's shaking AC. Yo. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I'm good. How are you? I am so excited right now because I know what we are about to rant about, and it is my favorite subject in the whole world. Yeah, you're like you're like that dog, where like the whole butt is wagging side to yeah. side, right? Like, I can't There's wait. I can't in wait. My mind. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give you the time you deserve. Let's jump right in and let's talk about it. So last week we ranted about. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we ranted about differentiator and setting yourself apart as a franchisor making sure you understand and how to communicate that on the franchisee level or sorry on the consumer level and then in terms of a franchisee looking at your business or prospective franchisee thinking i might want to become a control v franchisee what makes this awesome what makes you different and we talked about that but you mentioned something called an economic moat which sounded super nerdy to me but i'm sure it's got some good weight to it so let's hear it let's talk about what is an economic moat all right. So an economic, like I learned this from, from my life on, on Bay Street or the Canadian version of Wall Street um, and from teachers like uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and all these sort of things. An economic moat, the same way you have a moat around a castle to prevent bad guys from coming in, an economic moat is that moat around your business to prevent competition from coming in. So different than differentiation because it is a little bit more substantial and tangible and usually has a significant level of durability um, and so to me when I look at businesses and I go okay is this something that should be invested in or something that could grow I think about what their economic mode is and how durable it is because it it's a forecast for the longevity of the business right so if you saw a business without an economic mode it would be like you'd start to shape I'd be like oh, oh that's cute yeah <laughs> okay so let's talk about different types of economic modes. Okay, so there's a ton of them, but there's four key ones that I always love to talk about. Pat Dorsey reinforces it in his books too. Um, so do you want me to get going? Do you want me to start? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the first one I love to talk about is intangibles, okay? So this is things like trademarks, copyrights, special licenses from governments or boards. If you're a medical um, startup or company and you need to have some sort of license from the government that allows you to produce this exclusively, even like Tiffany's, you know that turquoise little box that has all that jewelry in? They've, they've trademarked that color that hex, hex code for that color. Everyone knows the Tiffany's box, you know? Um, even, even Heinz ketchup, right? There's a level of, that's almost a bit of a brand durability. It reduces your search costs. You go to the grocery store shelf, I need some ketchup, you know Heinz, you know what it looks like, you know you're gonna find it, that's their moat. So if you wanna create ketchup or you wanna create uh, jewelry or whatever, you've gotta overcome these other people's economic moats. Okay. Is that, are there other kind of economic modes? Yeah, there's three more. There's three okay. more. Yeah, that was just the one. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. The next. The next one is switching costs. So how is it, how easy is it for somebody to switch away from your product? Example I love to give about that is the Microsoft Office suite, like Excel and Word and things like that. It is so ingrained into how businesses operate that if a better competitor came along, Good luck trying to change. You've got to retrain your staff. You've got to learn all the different keystrokes. All It's just easier to stay with what's there because it's so sticky. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really uh, sticky example. What about a membership at something? Like, is that, would that be a good example? If you had a, like, like a membership know? at a gym? Uh, yeah. 
or like a salon membership where you went and got services every month or some kind of member. Like I mean, it could be. If you've ever tried to cancel your gym membership, it's <laughs> one hell of a nightmare. So you I've, might, I've never done you, that. <laughs> you might just want to continue paying $60 every month, even though you don't go to the gym because it's so sticky. You don't yeah. want to. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah. So it could be, but if it's easy to cancel. Okay. Gotcha. Number three, the network effect. So this, this one's kind of newish. I mean, it's about a decade, decade and a half, maybe two decades old, but this is having the network to build a business around. So for example, Facebook, nobody's going to go on Facebook. If their friends aren't there, a dating website, nobody's going to go on that. If there aren't other people there to date, you know what I mean? So it's all about um, who's in that network and how you've built it up. That, that keeps, keeps you there. Oh my God, do I really have to switch to a new social media platform? If all of my friends are already on this one. And the same thing happened with, uh, with credit cards, you know, when Visa diners club, MasterCard, card first came out, nobody wanted to use that because there was no, you know, debit machines or terminals in the stores and the stores didn't want to get those because nobody was using the cards. So somehow somebody had to break that network effect. And there's a whole theory and, and journal articles written on how to break that, but it comes from one side. And we're kind of experiencing that now with electric cars, right? Do you want an electric car if you can't fill it up or charge it up? Do you want to open up a charge station if people don't really have electric cars? So um, once you get that electric car, once everyone's working on it, working with it, it'll be hard to change towards something else, just like it's hard to change away from the petrol right now. I mean, there's some people that are like total petrol heads and they love to feel the power of a, of a vehicle within their, within their palms. But uh, yeah, so that's an example of a network effect. Okay, so before we go to number four, I, what went through my mind was, and I don't know if you remember this, but VHS versus beta, uh, tape, like recording, like tape, like VHS tapes. There used to be for a short bit of time, there was beta. And my, my family, we thought we were so awesome. I was a teenager or a kid or something at the time, maybe not teenager, but like a young, uh, young teen. And my family bought a beta re record, like it's not even called a VHS tape recorder, whatever you call it, or tape player. And it went out, out of, uh, or, or, uh, TiVo, TiVo, you know, and then it got replaced. Like, are those kind of, is that, that so that, that can be a network effect. It's, it, it, there's a limitation to its durability, right? Like if you're constantly buying VHS and then DVD comes along, but VHS stays around, you might be like, I don't really see the difference in the quality or I don't care about the difference in the quality. So I'm going to continue my VHS collection. But as soon as VCRs stopped getting produced and um, studios stopped printing stuff on VHS, then you were forced to switch over to the other one. And now you start to get into the network of all the players and the content being produced for that one particular thing um, and if you look at like online streaming services right now Netflix was the big player right and they've sort of developed a network where there's enough people paying for it that Netflix can afford to um, syndicate content um, but as soon as that sort of breaks then they'll go somewhere else and so now you've got Disney and Apple TV and all that sort of stuff so they're in this huge syndicate content syndication battle yeah crazy anyway number four let's do it Number four, and this is costs. Now for a lot of people, you think costs. Okay, low costs, um, 
whatever, I'll just lower my cost. But it's not necessarily the cost of operation, it's the cost of scalability. So an example I love to give is something like FedEx or UPS or something like that. They have planes and trucks and trains and boats going to every corner of the world. So if you wanna send something, they have the largest network. And not only that, each additional package that, they, that you send, um, you, they, it's almost, it almost goes 100% of the bottom line for them because they've already expensed the fixed expense to, to send their trucks and their planes and stuff like that there. So uh, they've got this massive network and they can scale because of that network. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was a lot. That's a lot to think about for people. But I think that the key takeaway for people here should be that to really think about, you know, what, what it is that is your, your economic mode. And if you don't have one, <laughs> you should probably try to get one. Um, but I, I think it's pretty figure outable if you, you know, if you give it some, some thought for every business, what, do you agree or, or, or are there businesses that it, you can't really figure that out like a bakery? Um, I think not everyone has an economic moat. I would think that most people can create an economic mode. It may not be a very easy feat, um, but a lot of that has to do with uh, what we spoke about before in terms of, I think we talked about this in a rant, playing in a blue ocean instead of a red ocean. And rather than trying to compete, alter the industry, alter your product, create something new, and then you'll have an easier time creating an economic mode. Yeah. All right. Well, how about this? Because it's a pretty complicated topic. If anybody wants more help on creating or figuring out your economic moat, reach out to us. We can help you out. <laughs> well, Robert yeah. can. Reach out <laughs> to Robert on our, through our uh, social media here, and we will help you with your economic moat. Yes. All right. You ready for this? I was born ready for this. Three, two, one. Go, Go be awesome. Be awesome. <laughs>